Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Ben Kay, and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. This week, I'm joined by Austin Healy for a look ahead to the second round of the Autumn Internationals. This is going to be a brilliant half hour of your life. And we'll also be discussing this weekend's return of the Aviva Premiership. But first, let's start with the biggest news of the week, Austin, which is, of course... Oh, um, we're getting a new dog. Excellent. Yeah. What sort? I think probably another cockapoo. French? Irish? Uh, Hopefully English, because I don't speak French. Okay. Well, the big news in rugby would be the announcement that despite uh, World Rugby's councils, is that right? Was it the council who said that it should go to South Africa? Independent review panel anyway said it should have, should have gone to South Africa. Yet today, a little bit like the Eurovision Song Contest, bit of tactical voting. Yeah. And we're back in France. Do you reckon they get the money back from the independent review? I'd ask for a rebate there, wouldn't you? You've made a wrong choice there, guys. You've sent us down the wrong alley. South Africa. No, France won easily in the end, didn't they? They did. And um, I was... Not the first time it's gone against the independent review. New Zealand was the last time. Yeah. It's a little bit... You don't want to use the word FIFA, do you? But it's too late. I've said it. It's not a word. I know. Well, actually, it is a word. It's in the dictionary. It's not a word, is it? It's an acronym. Well, it's a word. People don't... They use it as a word, don't they? I think slang, and admittedly it is an acronym, but I would say it's used so often in slang terms, it's become a piece of the dictionary now. So you're suggesting rrr should become a word? I think it should. Okay, excellent. <laughs> there you go, World Rugby. But now all this future. voting that goes on, there's still a lot of politics and hearing who Billy Beaumont's going to vote for and who everyone else is voting for and the trade-off. And they're all just trading off against the next four-year cycle. So maybe Ireland might be in a better position, but because it's in the Northern Hemisphere again... It's unlikely yeah, that it'll go think, there. You think it might go to the Americas? I that's, think it's got to that's go to the someone States said next, that, doesn't it? Someone said that to me after London, or England, sorry, the, the English last the, bit. The, I was thinking the, of the, the Olympics. London World Cup. I was thinking <laughs> of the Olympics. Uh, someone said to me after um, the Rugby World Cup in 2015, they're going to a new market, which means they'll have to come back to a guaranteed cash cow next time round. And that's the sort of cycle we're likely to see. Is that right? Uh, yes, I think it is yeah. right. I think the World Cup has to make money. Otherwise, well, we, we're leading into the Samoan question of bankruptcy. I was just about to say that, yeah. So the World Cup has to make enough money, and that money has to be percolated down to the to the smaller nations so that they don't get into the situation that Samoa have been in. So I'd rather see the World Cup make £200 million 
and we have a better base of finance for all those smaller nations and the developing rugby nations than make £10 million and it be in a country where everyone gets drunk and has a better time. I think probably where people are most upset is World Rugby said it was going to be a transparent process and in the last couple of weeks, a lot of people suggesting that's been anything but transparent. Well, some but seas you can see the bottom and in other seas you can't. Really? Yeah, I've just been to Thailand. You couldn't see the bottom at all. So it wasn't very transparent. I don't want to see the bottom of your sea. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> let, let's stay on this for a bit because it is massive news. A lot of Irish people are, are upset. You can understand why. But did they realistically have a chance of getting it after the... You know, you can see why the South Africans are, are particularly upset because everyone's, you know, the, the panel said that, well, the, that's the right place for it to go. But the panel never, Ireland were third anyway. Yeah, didn't even make the second round. They, were, I think, was it, they only got eight votes in total. Yeah. They're also complaining that uh, Scotland and Wales didn't vote for them. Scotland very much saying that they went for the for the cash. They went yeah. for the one with the, with the most. But England did vote for Ireland. Anything on that, Jink? Again, I think it's politics and what's promised behind closed doors and in this transparent world, we'll never really see it, will we? But no. uh, the reality is that France will be able to fill a lot of their stadiums. The nation is uh, a lot bigger. The stadiums are bigger. They're going to make more money. It was a good tournament when they hosted it last time. Uh, apart from the fact I put on a stone and a half um, whilst touring around the, the whole of France watching the games. Uh, and the World Cup, like you said, needs to make money. So... It is a bit more secure, the money as well, because you can promise whatever, but no one knows what each other's economy is going to be like in that time. And it, it, it might be a bit, you know, South Africa at the moment haven't got the most stable economy. It's not flying. So can we trust that it's going to be the same, be any better? You know, that, it's going to be harder to get one. to as well, isn't it, with Brexit? But it will be for you. Yeah. It oh, France. Yeah. France, yeah. France is going to be very difficult, yeah. You're going to have to, like, show your passport. Have to wait, give, leave an extra 10 minutes to get there, Oz. Yeah. Disastrous. Nightmare. Right. Have we done that? We put it to bed. I'm sure uh, it's going to yeah. rumble on, isn't it? I just feel sorry for the Irish. I would love to have seen them get it. Yeah. And if that, I think if they'd had a few more big stadiums, then maybe they, they could have had it. But what I didn't want Ireland to do was host the World, the World Cup and have a load of games in Wales, Scotland and England. I think that devalues it a yeah. little bit. And uh, But that's the, that's the concern, isn't it? Because, again, after the New Zealand World Cup, people were saying... Is this New Zealand's last go at it? They haven't got the infrastructure. They haven't got enough hotel rooms. We saw in the Lions people having Staying to get on boats. Stay, well, well, even this year, going out, you know, get, adopt a lion, wasn't it? Well, if you've got that many more coming in for a World Cup. So, are, what, you had to adopt a lion? Yeah. Go, That's dangerous, isn't it? It was, comes and stays in your house. Maybe well, I won't uh, get a new dog. That's <laughs> Baldwin. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> Don't pat them, whatever you do. No, but seriously, if you are a smaller country, do you think you are going to have to combine forces? With a like, are we ever going to see New Zealand host one again, or will they have to try and do a a, a dual bid with I Australia? I think it depends on the interest, doesn't it? So, you talk about South Africa. Yes, they've got the infrastructure, but the interest. You look at the some of the crowds in the games at the minute. There's nobody there. Yeah, but that was and, an and, argument and, for and, having it, wasn't and, it? Yeah, to and, try and, and, and they can't they, they can't afford to go and watch it. Whereas you go to the states, I think it would be fantastic. I think Argentina would be a huge success down there. Um, so arguably they have to go somewhere new I think after France I think they have to go to either Argentina the USA or maybe even China right. would be an option um, and just try and grow the sport in a, in a country that you know the Chinese government if they win the Rugby World Cup they will back it and they'll underwrite it uh, I'm speculating here somewhat but you'd have thought they would um, any communist state would Russia why not go well let's see what happens in the World Cup <laughs> maybe not okay 
Super. Hey, yeah, thanks. <laughs> right then, let's get stuck into the Autumn Internationals with England. And this week, Lauren Smith headed down to Penny Hill Park to chat to scrum halves Danny Kerr and Ben Youngs, starting with some thoughts on the Argentina win. First and foremost, a good win. Uh, Argentina are a really tough team to play against. We saw that in the summer, you know, two, two really tough test matches down there. And whenever you play them at home, you know, they make it really tough. They make, the, they make the breakdown really tough for you and they're a good team. So, yeah, we'll take the win. Uh, disappointed that we let in the try and a lot of things to work on, but um, overall a good win and we move on to Australia. We know we've got, we've got to get better, um, but we're looking forward to the game. How did you perceive that fixture? Uh, look, I thought, considering that it was our first hit out since March, really, regarding to a similar squad that finished the Six Nations, you know, the victory was, was a really important thing. Look, there's no doubt there's plenty to work on. I felt that we were probably lateral, lateral at times. Um, you know, our ability at the breakdown was, was quite sloppy, um, so we weren't able to get speed on speed of ball that we'd like. Um, we created chances as well. I think, you know, we had a, we had a great first uh, strike move off a line-out that we didn't execute, and potentially there's a try-scoring opportunity there. So there's plenty of things to tidy up. We'll take the win. We can build on that. And um, it's, it's really important now that how quickly we adapt and, and, uh, and learn those lessons leading into the weekend. When the ball is being slowed, how difficult does that make it for you as a, as a scrum half? Well, as a nine, you know, you, you want quick release. You want the ball there on a plate so you can, you can either pass, kick or run. And every time we did get momentum, it sort of slowed down again. And I think that's credit to the ability of their guys getting over the ball. I thought Creevy, their captain, was outstanding at trying to slow up the ball and, you know, got some key turnovers. So, um, you know, whether that's them doing very well or our inaccuracies, I'm not quite sure. I'll have to watch it back. But I think we can certainly be smarter about how we, uh, how we deal with those guys at the ball. You know, I think, look... You know, Australia with, with Hooper and, and guys like that, uh, McMahon, you know, they've got some threats at the ball without doubt. And even Conundrani in the bat line, he can get over the ball. So, um, you know, that's an area that they'll certainly be watching from the weekend and feel that they can they can negate our attack from, from targeting the breakdown. So we'll certainly have to do some work out here on the field during the week. Will Genia was absolutely sublime, the way he um, controlled the game and saw space. And how do you go about controlling that kind of player? Well, I think for me, Will Guinea is probably one of the best nines in the world and has been from, for a long, long time. You know, when he first burst into the scene, he probably uh, had a running game that no one had seen for a very long time. So um, I think with Will, someone like him, look, you, you've got to stop the momentum of their forwards. You can't allow them to get on the front foot. You know, if he's on the front foot as a halfback, he becomes such a threat. Uh, he's got an all-court game. So, you know, our first up tackles, how we slow down their ball, how we get to Will is going to be vital because he's, he's an absolute key clog in terms of Australia's attack. And, um, you know, he's going to be really a guy that we have to try and disrupt to allow us to, to try and get the right side of the result. I always get the impression that um, there's a real respect for, for Eddie and like, amongst fans and amongst the players. But perhaps yesterday it's the first time we've seen him like on camera get really quite frustrated. Does that kind of invoke an emotion amongst amongst the lads to do better? No, not at all. I think it shows he's really passionate about where he wants to go as a side. And, you know, he's not the first coach that, that has a um, reaction to uh, to a performance. So, you know, for us, you know, we, we, we're setting our standards as high as we can be. And, and you know, if, we, if we're not getting there, we're frustrated as players. And you're probably going to see that as a coach. And I think it's fantastic because, you know, he cares about what we're doing. He wants us to perform. He wants us to play well. And, um, you know, it shows he's really passionate about what he's doing and where we want to be. So, um, you know, I've seen it over plenty of years of Richard Cockrell for the last eight years at uh, Leicester Tigers before then. So, um, you know, I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. Well, interesting thoughts about Argentina. And obviously everybody in the England squad tries to paint a rosy picture about what went on. But I don't know what everyone expected. I've never seen an entertaining game against Argentina at Twickenham. Yes, they were fantastic in the summer. 
But I can't think of a really good win against Argentina at Twickenham. Can you? I, th- I think there's, for me... A Last num- year wasn't too bad, but... A number of reasons why it might have happened. Firstly, because we were all expecting Argentina, having changed their style of rugby to compete in the Southern Hemisphere tournaments, to come up here and play that. But I spoke to my- Marcos Ayerza the week leading up to the game, and he said... Well, actually, there's a bit of a worry that they've changed their identity, Argentina, and to play against those Southern Hemisphere teams, but actually six of the games they play here against Northern Hemisphere teams or, or, or near enough. So that didn't surprise me that, that they went back to that sort of game a little bit more than we've been used to. Um, England, you could say, first time playing together, and Argentina had obviously had that um, the, the, the championship games together, so they they were likely to be a bit more coherent and, and not as rusty as England. But the other thing was, a rumour I've heard is that Eddie Jones really worked them hard this week. Yeah, they looked a bit tired, yeah, didn't they? and just a little the bit The whole lethargic. game was tired and stale, Yeah, I mean, it's quite it, annoying if you've paid 120 is, quid to go and watch it. Which is why I don't think, you know, they, they wouldn't. I didn't. Eddie, Eddie Jones wouldn't, didn't you? No, paid 850 <laughs> quid to go and watch <laughs> well, it. Well done. I got some really overdone lamb in the process. Some, uh, <laughs> no prawn sandwiches. Um, no, but Ed, yeah, they wouldn't say it because Eddie Jones wouldn't want them to be saying it. But if they were worked hard, that's all about trying to get this work in now so that come the World Cup they're, they're used to working under pressure and being tired. Good good policy or not? Do you think no, it's I don't think so. I don't think... And the, You know, you talk about... You hear it a lot in the press or Eddie Jones and England are starting the run into the World Cup. They're not really. They're playing three autumn internationals effectively, what, are we two years away from the World Cup? Near enough? So... Yes, the team will try and bed itself down, but Eddie's never been known for stability. So you're not talking about that. You're not talking about guaranteeing your selection no. because if you are, then what about George Cruz? You know, he was an absolute first name on the team sheet 12 months ago. Yeah. So you can't talk about building towards the World Cup if all of a sudden one of your senior players, arguably, in charge of the lineout, is woof chucked out the squad yeah I'd so there's I think there's I think it's a tough one to say that training now will hold you in good stead by the time you get to the World Cup do you think he's been chucked out just because of his performance or do you think that there was always a game plan to play certain players in certain games well, that, we'll find out next week yeah because we, you know we know how much he likes Rob Shaw we've all been saying that Laws might have a game at six but yeah. certainly if he's going to experiment next week would be the time to do that and, and we might see Rob Shaw given a rest Laws back in, sorry, Laws over to six and, and then make room for Cruz. We might see Nick Ezequi in, in, in that game. Yeah, look, I'm a big fan of Eddie Jones, but I, I do think we're right on the tipping point now of it going a little bit sour, particularly against Australia this weekend. If we lose against Australia, then we don't play particularly well against Samoa. All of a sudden, the rose-tinted glasses are a little bit more, um, less, more. Rosie. Rosie, <laughs> yes. Um, I guess the other thing he might say, he's been saying, hasn't he, that the Premiership doesn't breed fit enough players to play international rugby against Absolutely New Zealand right. and yep. win. Um, so part of it is conditioning them to train at an intensity that and get them used to training at that intensity so been, when they come in, it's not a shock and they don't have bodies breaking down. We've been there before, haven't we? In two, yeah. uh, what, one World Cup, two World Cups for you, was it? Yeah. 90, were you there in 99? No. 99. 03 and 07. So, 99, the step in fitness levels was immense. They uh, England, uh, through Dave Reddin, set their own benchmarks. Rather than following New Zealand or Australia or South Africa, set their own benchmarks. And there was a huge stride forward in terms of the fitness levels. And that was done, effectively, in about 
a six-month period. You go into that World Cup year and you just modify your training from either carrying weight to losing weight to upping aerobic or upping your anaerobic capacities. And that's what they did. And I don't think now saying, right, two years out, you're going to be able to train for the World Cup because the World Cup in two years might actually be more suited to a slower game. Yeah. It might be more suited to France. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily talking about the the sort of fitness training. I think they're talking about developing those skills under pressure because yeah. that was something that Stuart Lancaster, it before the last World Cup, changed how England had been training. He wanted them to play at this intensity that other teams couldn't match, ran them all, um, all their pre-season camp. They got to the games and they couldn't get they couldn't have the dominance in the game to get the game up to the pace they wanted to. Yeah. So is part of it now making them uncomfortable in these autumn internationals so that they have that ability to step up again. You could argue that he's stress testing yeah, the whole is. squad and he's yeah. stressing each individual and he's he's breaking a few along the way. All right, well let's let's put the sort of fitness side uh out of the way. It looks like you have. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you can put it on the back burner. Well, no, I feel, I feel quite healthy, Austin. I was joking, actually. You're all looking fit. What have you been doing? Have you been hitting the weights? I, I don't like to talk about it. Um, <laughs> much. <laughs> much. Uh, right. Australia this weekend. It, I think you're right. It is a big game because th there would be some big concerns about uh, where England are and, and it'd be the first time Eddie Jones really had been questioned, even though they've lost a game against that game against Ireland. Where where will Australia really test England? I think they'll test them in the bat line. Yeah. Um, but they'll also test them in terms of intensity. They've been on a good run of performances. Lots of points against Japan. Uh, beat Wales at a canter effectively. Uh, and beat the All Blacks. And the big concern for me at the minute is we. you often talk about the coaches and the squad and the players. But how I would differentiate the two teams is the amount of senior players each side has. Now, England has got guys with lots and lots of caps, but not necessarily senior players, if that's right, the right yeah. phrase for it. So The leadership. The leadership. That leadership group of England really is getting tested now. And we saw the difference without Owen Farrell. So Owen Farrell is clearly a leader within that group. He's almost a coach and they haven't got a backs coach, so he may as well be that in name as well. Um, you've got Ben Youngs there, who's got a lot of caps. Danny Kerr has got a lot of caps. Arguably, would you put those two players in a leadership group? I'm not sure you would. I think they're both fantastic players and they're both on their day great, but England needs to develop now a core leadership group which carries them through. And this is where you, we are talking about a two-year development. Finding those players like Atoji, like Farrell, like Billy Vunapola, who are the leadership group. And unfortunately, it only seems to be the Saracens players who have that mindset, that that relentless, uncompromising mindset that leads you into that exclusive group that pretty much drives the team and connects the team to the coaches. Australia, I think, have that in a bit more abundance, particularly with Genia coming back in at nine. Very good leader. You know, they've got it in the forward pack in Hooper. Um, admittedly, that they've changed a lot of their front five through injuries. Um, but I, I just think that that's what would worry me. And then you've got the exciting Curtly Beale at the back. England, the bat line hasn't really ignited for a number of games now. Who do you think Jones will pick in the bat line? Because that's obviously, he sent Lozowski back to Saracens. I thought Lozowski was good when he came on. He, he was the only guy who actually took the tackle line on and went square to the ball. Farrell will do that. So Farrell will make a big difference when he comes back in. I think they'll play their standard forward, Farrell Joseph. Um, I think Elliot Daly will probably start at fullback this time. Um, or maybe Anthony Watson at fullback. Yeah. But my problem with Watson is, 
he should be making so many more breaks than he actually makes because he catches the ball and he does a bit of footwork before it's of any value to anyone. So if you're stood there in defensive line and he does some footwork in front of you and he's 10 metres away, you can just watch him and go, oh, that was nice. And then he makes a step and another step. He almost slows himself down before he gets to the tackle line. If he's told to go hell for leather at the line straight away, a little bit like Brown does, and put one of his footwork steps in closer to the tackle line, he's going to make so many more breaks. And we haven't seen the best of Anthony Watson yet at 15. He hasn't had enough opportunity in a white shirt. Hopefully that will come this weekend. OK, one matchup I wanted to talk about. You've, you've mentioned Will Genia. He seems to be or approaching his best from last week's performance. What's... Talk us through the difference between a Ben Youngs and a Will Genia. Well, I think it's actually hemisphere-wise because we're seeing New Zealand and Australia now play a lot squarer to the breakdown and around the breakdown, whereas Northern Hemisphere nines get to the breakdown and encourage to distribute the ball to a forward pod rather than taking the ball out, which Ben Youngs is very good at, and breaking on the fringes and then distributing on an outside shoulder. Um, so that, I think that's the main difference. It's, the, it's more of a style issue. We're seeing the style come back over from New Zealand. They've been working on it relentlessly over the last 18 months. And now Australia are taking them on at their own game. And Genny is perfect for that because he's low to the ground. He gets in, gets the ball out, steps back and then attacks the fringes. In theory, you could leave him because he's got nowhere near the speed that he used to have since his injuries. Whereas on the flip side, if he did that for Ben Youngs, he's gone. Because that's exactly what happened in 2007. George Gregan at scrum half, one of the world's greats, really good at distributing... His major strength was pulling players onto him and then offloading. And you know, Mike Ford, to his credit, said, leave him. And if he runs, he runs. And we'll just hunt him down. Exactly what we did. Yeah. And won the game that we weren't expected to. Well, I, I, that's what I would do. And I think the nines are getting more important defensively now. Yeah. So that they offer like a second line blitz defense, almost like a blitz in NFL. Yeah. And I'd be tempted to put two or three players in that backfield now and bring them through the tackle line. Okay. Keep your tackle line secure, but bring them through as missiles, if you like. Defensive <laughs> missiles. Not scuds, Tor but like accurate. Uh, Torpedoes? Accurative. Yeah. Tomahawks. Excellent. Well done. Uh, A tough game at the weekend. Yeah. I, I make Australia favourites on our current form. Okay. And I, th I, could see, I could see them winning and winning quite convincingly. Okay. There we go. Right. Moving on to uh, Scotland against New Zealand. Have Scotland got any chance or what is a good result for Scotland? Less than 50. Less than 50. Do you think, I'm just wondering whether, and obviously it depends on New Zealand's defence, but New Zealand is sort of under a little bit of, might be under a little bit more pressure to play expansively because they haven't really ignited on this tour. They Obviously it was a second team midweek against the French Barbarians. French Barbarians gave them a bit of a shock. Against the Barbarians, they weren't, weren't brilliant. Do you think they'll want to open the game up and if a result if they do does that play into Scotland's hands a little bit because Gregor Townsend has said he wants to play how Glasgow play really open running rugby well, they're be, definitely doing be the that. fastest team they're definitely uh, you look at the Scotland side individually and they've got some really good players um, but collectively and in terms of their units and their framework they're a bit weak and we saw that against Samoa conceded way too many tries, particularly through the middle of the field, which should have been secured a lot better. Their pack's always been a little bit lightweight, so he knows he can't go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, Gregor. Can't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with pretty much any side in world rugby in terms of physicality of the pack. They're not going to dominate anyone, really, are they? Um, but like you said, they could play a high-tempo game. So I expect to see Scotland score a fair few tries and a few points, but 
my God, they're going to concede a few if they defend like they did against Samoa. New score. Zealand, are they are they as good a side as they have been, say, no. 18 months ago? No, I don't think so. I think they've got a little bit, they hate this word, don't they? Complacency. I think they've got a little bit complacent. I think they've taken their eye off the ball slightly, but... They Is that, need, they do, you think that's, do you think that's a product of the, the rugby championship not being quite as tough as it yeah, has I been for so. them? I think they're not getting enough hard games. You know, the Australia game was the only difficult one they had. The game against South Africa was like a game of touch. Oh, we saw what happened to the South Africans. They're, they're not in action against any of the home nations They weren't this in year, action event against who, any of the home nations last week. Who, <laughs> who are they playing this week, though? Uh, are they playing Italy? No. Fiji? No. They're playing France. Oh, France. Do you think the French hoardings are all going to have Rugby World Cup 2023 <laughs> all the way around them to, to rub it in? I That's, should imagine. It's that, probably not a good idea, though, is that it? could wind them you up a little bit. You don't motivate a springbok. It's the no. last thing you want to do. Oz, if people wanted to watch Scotland, New Zealand, where could they watch it? Well, they can only watch it on BT Sport, Ben. It's 5pm Saturday. It'll be one of the BT Sport 2 channels. Which is what, only one of, the, one of them. One of the two. Yes, one of the two, three. The two. Well, it's, it's BT Sport 2. It's BT Sport 2, I just Excellent. said that. Yeah. Excellent. Well done. Actually, that's going to be a great game. It's well worth a watch. It's either that or X Factor, and that's not been very good this Who's year. Who's your favourite on X Factor? Uh, is she called Grace? The sing yeah. The singer? The singer. <laughs> <laughs> I like the juggler. <laughs> <laughs> I like Grace, the singer one. The rest of them. Who? I don't know who went last weekend. I missed it. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't really bother me right Wales against Georgia who's your favourite top five Georgian players of uh, Godsey is one of my favourites yeah. um, Limodzi I like him <laughs> as well what about Radovadovic I like him but he's injured I don't think he exists he does he used does to he? play for Clement yeah he's very no, good that's not how you say it hey that's not how you say it it's Radoslavovic his name is nice. well done uh, I only had to learn it about 20 times because Morgan Parra was injured that time. <laughs> Do you need a tissue? Um, yeah, tough game for Wales. Yeah, it is. Physically, because they'll be expected to bounce back from Australia, and they will bounce back. They've lost their best player to injury, Jonathan Davis. Shocking way he got injured as well, right at the end of the yeah, game. It didn't look nice, did it? No, I mean, terrible. Six that. months, is it? He's yeah, out for at least, yeah. They, they haven't announced what his foot injury is. I've, I don't, I've not seen anywhere, is it? It's not, no, that, it's not well, a Frank, I is it? it. I, I, pardon? A li, I think it's called a, a, Liv, a Liz Frank. Oh, I don't know. It's when you snap your foot. It's an old um, a horse George, riding George injury. Murphy had one, didn't he? And he yeah. was out for, for six months as well, I think. Yeah. Let's so, wish, yeah, you know, we wish him all the best yeah. because he's been in great form. Replacing uh, him, are we going to see Owen Williams as a, as a regular in that team now? I think he's got all the credentials, but we saw Gloucester against Bath. He hasn't got the control, the experience yet. I know you, you can't get experience without playing, but yeah. physically, he's very, very strong. He does not move off the tackle line. He's a big old unit, got a good kicking game, and playing with better players week in, week out will, will improve his game. Well, he's, a, he's a 10, isn't he? But, but we know he can play 12. I think they'll want to play him. They want to play like England, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they've certainly opened it up more. Warren Gatland got a lot of stick, didn't he, from Welsh fans last year because of the style of play. He wasn't the coach um, as well, which didn't really... Well, yeah, but it's you know, it's his, his blueprint, his isn't it? His yeah. baby. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see how they go with that. Well, Georgia, they smashed Canada, didn't they, last week? Um, 
they've got some pace now in the back line, which is something they've always lacked. Physically in the forwards, they will be able to smash Wales. Yeah. Um, so that, well, they that could is a be, really, really yeah, tough there, game. There were all sorts of rumours about um, Alterad and, and Georgia for, for this World Cup bid process that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. They've got a fair bit of money. They've got a really rich backer for George, Georgian rugby. Looking at that French uh, top 14 and how many good players they've had, they could become a real force, couldn't they? I think the, so. Yeah. With well, the right got, structure, and there's a fair few ending up in the Viva Premiership as well. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're producing good quality players. They've always produced great forwards, particularly front five, um, but now they're starting to produce some quick backs as well. All right, and then Ireland, Fiji. Fiji obviously lost to the Italians. Any chance at all against an Irish team that no, dismantled so. the Springboks? I think Ireland looked really good at the weekend. Springboks helped them along a little bit, but I thought Ireland were very good. Do they, do they, how do Ireland play this? Do they go, well, we've got a big win now. We can try a few different people again. Two years out from the World Cup, you need a wider squad. You do, but they haven't exactly got a huge database of players, have they, Ireland? If they are going to do that, they've got to bring in someone very young. And the side's already quite young now. I think it's just already gone through that transition. So... No, I think they, they play as many experienced players as they can against Fiji and, and try and give them a kick-in, which isn't always easy, as we well know. Yeah. Right, back to domestic matters. The Viva Premiership returns this week after two weeks of the Anglo-Welsh. Um, you've been busy, haven't you? Hey, As a Leicester Tiger board member, you've signed the mortgages for oh, no. uh, a few new players. Oh, I can't write. You I can't write. Sign. Okay. No. Well, Vianu, no. yeah. Tua, Cole, Mike Williams, Greg Bateman. Just to name a few have signed. Uh, Matt O'Connor, has he settled in properly, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, certainly one of the things that the club were looking to do when he came back was that clarity of message, if you like. And, and I think everyone knows how Leicester are trying to play at the moment. Um, they've obviously had a recurring theme over the last couple of years of not having their starting centre partnership fit and available. They should get those back December around the European games coming up, both of them on well, Manu, track. Manu back then as well? Manu's aiming for the European games. Oh, as which is doctor Samoa. was good then? Three, three female spirits had married themselves to him, apparently. What's wrong with that? I've got five in my house. It's a pain. They just follow you everywhere. <laughs> asking you to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have some purpose, haven't you? Um, <laughs> I am questioning what that is currently. But actually, I don't mind that if... If, if, he, yeah, no, if I, he believes I it, I, yeah, you know, placebo uh, effect. Well, if it, I'm not, I'm not right. saying it is a placebo for the Samoans who may be True. listening to this, but if it works, it works. Yeah. If he never gets injured again, and he looks back and he says that was the reason why, fair play. There's been a few cases, haven't there? Because uh, Naholo went to see yeah. one after breaking his leg, no chance of getting back for the World Cup, got back in time, yeah. and um, uh, Jaco van der Vestesen, who went to see a South African. Leicester, played for Leicester later on, but he yeah. snapped his knee and oh, went to yeah. see one. Yeah, I think and he got did, back yeah. in record time. Yeah, you know, went from not being able to walk, and there's video footage of him walking again straight away. So, I agree with you, Oz. If if it if the mind's right, well, just let's uh, do it. Just because you're supposed to follow down a normal medicine path yeah. doesn't mean. You know, I was one of the first people to ever go and see Willa Mulfart. Uh, Willa who? Willa Mulfart. Is that what I called him? Muller Wolfart. Muller Wolfart. <laughs> yeah, can't, he had a really difficult name to say. Oh, that's why I couldn't find him for the first two hours. Sediment, didn't he? <laughs> it's brilliant. I was one of the first guys to go and see him, and the club went, "What are you going to see him for? He's crazy." 
uh, came back, and since then, pretty much everyone goes to see him. So you, just because it's not mainstream doesn't mean it's, it's not going to work. How is your body now? Uh, pretty much screwed. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, well done. Uh, I, I, I love rugby. Right, other signings, though, that Sale, have you, as a few clubs have done, brought in cover, injury cover, uh, short-term deal. We're seeing quite a few of the Southern Hemisphere players picking up those three-month contracts. Who have uh, they brought in? Rohan Yancey van Rensburg. Mm. Uh, good centre. Yeah. Lots of good South African centres, lots of good South Africans, but that's the problem, isn't it? Most of them are actually thinking, well, yeah. I'm jumping ship now, I've had enough of this down there. Be interesting, though, having played uh, under Ackleman at the... Ackleman? <laughs> Ackleman. Ackleman. At the, uh, you at, need to at go at and the see the Lions, Wolf. Having played in that expansive super rugby style, will he look as good playing for Sale. Is that why Sale have signed him? Because Steve Diamond, very vocal about needing to compete with Man City, Man United and the rugby league teams and play expansive rugby and they haven't really been able to do that. Sometimes they do, don't they? Just There's no rhyme or reason to Sale's performances at the minute. That's probably why Steve's got no hair left. Um, but I do agree, they've got to start playing a good brand to entice more people to go and watch them. I'm just Some of the signings that he's made recently, I just think why don't you go out there and get maybe another second row? But the pack's pretty strong, he, he would argue. Where where are they weak? They're not really weak anywhere, are I just, they? I just Half-back, maybe? Yeah. I just wonder if they need a, a couple more collision winners in that pack to, to put put the opposition defence on the back foot. I mean, the likes uh, of James O'Connor will always play better at 10 if he's running forward rather yeah. than stood still. Um, you know, Fafter Clerk as well. Imagine him sniping around the base if they're if they're winning those clinics. I just wonder whether that that might be where they need the next. And he's talked about a number eight, hasn't he? So maybe yeah. we'll see that. Well, those two teams, Sale and Leicester, play each other on Saturday. But first, Friday night, Gloucester against Saracens here. BT Sport one and 4K UHD from seven. Um, now, you'd say, would you that? that Saracens fly high, no one can touch them, but Gloucester won this fixture last uh, in the la two of the last three seasons. Yeah, Gloucester have got the best points difference against Saracens out of any side in the Aviva Premiership. Is that King's home? So yeah. I make Gloucester favourites, so I pick them at a four-point win, and okay. I've just followed the average from last time because yeah, yeah. The, their average points was four points against them. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Gloucester go into it as favourites. They'd worked out a way to play against Saracens involving their returning a box-kicking. So Willie Heinz will have a, a big influence on the outcome of the game, yeah. as will Wigglesworth, you'd expect, if he plays. Um, and the other positive point for Gloucester is they've played their strongest team throughout the uh, Anglo-Welsh yeah. in virtually every game. There's been one or two guys that have been dropped in and out, but as a whole, that group has stayed together. Saracens, on the other hand, last week had their whole academy playing yeah. with maybe Tompkins and Nathan Earl are the only two noticeable names, one or two in the pack. Um, oh, God, I have a mental block. Second row from Australia. Skelton. Skelton, he played as well. So you take those three guys out, they had very little experience in that team. So it's going to feel like coming back after two weeks off for Saracens, away at King's Home in front of the shed. And uh, Gloucester weren't too bad against Bath. They lacked control, but they don't play the same way at home. So you make them favourites. How big a boost for Saracens is getting their, some of their England contingent back? They've, they've oh, Lazowski's massive. George Cruz Lazowski. Yeah, so it's massive getting Lazowski back okay, because who would have played at 10? Good. Probably Max Malins. Yeah, maybe him. I mean, he played pretty well, didn't he, last week? Um, but having that experience at 10, and I think Lazowski, you know, you talk about two years out from the World Cup, I think he could force his way into that back line. 
with alongside Farrell. And I wouldn't, but probably he's got is, I know he signed a new contract with Saris, is Brad Barrett. Exactly. Because they're never going to drop Brad, Brad Barrett. No. Uh, so he's gonna only going to get maybe five, maybe a few more games alongside Owen Farrell a season. Because those two together, I think, would complement each other very, very well. And you get a slight up in your physicality because defensively, very, very strong. Someone who I think uh, has been released back from England as well, looking at the second row, and obviously George Cruz has. Disappointing England campaign. He just needs... A bit of love, George Cruz, doesn't he? Because he, he's had a yeah. few disappointments recently, and and you can, it, it's not you couldn't say, oh, he started playing terribly there. It's just the fact that things have gone against him. He's played in games where the team have lost, so he was one of the ones that that, that was changed. But actually, funnily enough, I think uh, the big danger for Saracens is Nick Ezekwi because he is uh, his stocks on the rise. He knows he's not going to get many of the big games to prove himself and I think he is a superb talent he's 19 years old you talked about that lack of leadership in the England uh, particularly in the England pack I watched him at training in Portugal I've seen him noticed him on the pitch when he's come on at, at, at Saracens and he is a leader he's bossing older senior players around so in the training camp in Portugal how he was telling exactly Chris Robshaw exactly what he wanted him to do when he stepped into the line out and, and that that takes something about he then you know there was a, a RFU sort of barbecue thing and sat down next to him he talked at me for five minutes and, and he is a very impressive guy and, and I think his only problem is he signed for another year at, at Saracens. Is he going to get enough game time? Because otherwise, he could be one. Of, uh, not, He's only nineteen, uh, isn't he? So you know. Well, you get a massive benefit from being at Saracens because yeah. you're in the shop window. You, you're playing in a winning side, but equally, this is a guy that could be one of those real young guns that pushes so through. You're saying he early. should come to Leicester, is what you're saying? No, no, not well. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure Leicester would, would would love to have him, but. I'm not saying that, I'm, but uh, you know, he, he's in the and Saracens is a good place for that in terms of making them play enough. But if he was at another club, he might get the benefit of playing week in, week out. And when he comes up against the likes of George Cruz and Maru Itoji, if he if he beats, you know, if, if he wins that battle, suddenly so he's got he's one he's got hard. one year to run after this run. After uh, I season. think so. I'm not 100. Which, which means but, he won't get to another club before World but, Cup selection. But the, yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. But having said that, he's a St Albans lad. Like you said, he's 19 years old, so he's got plenty of time. He's he's living the dream. He's playing for his, you know, his, his near enough home team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really impre- one for the future, definitely. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe it might be a British lion that leaves before he does. Maybe the uh, Saracens will say, well, actually, we've got Cruz or Itoji. Maybe, maybe we'll keep this guy. It's amazing <laughs> how many they've produced over the last few years. There's, there's you saying that Cruz needs a little bit of love and now Saracens are selling uh, him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying Saracens. I was not but saying for you to sell I, I don't know what Cruz. Cruz's stats were from the weekend, but, you know, we've... Uh, well, we don't know as well. You don't know as well whether with Cruz... It's, it's just a break. It's just a, 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 that was always the plan with Eddie Jones, do you? That that he was thinking that he'll bring him back in. You never so. know what the plan is. But who have you gone for, Gloucester Saris? Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I've, I BT must Sport admit, when I looked at the BT Sport predictor game, that was the only one where I thought I'll go different to everyone else. And uh, obviously now I've just found out that you've gone for Gloucester by four <laughs> points. You'll go Saris it, by it's, ten. Um, <laughs> Well, no, I, I genuinely was considering Gloucester for that, but I think I will go for Saracens still. But okay. I'm, I will well, make that decision. I'll be cheering for Gloucester on Friday night. I will make that decision at five to seven before we go on air. So it is on air as well. BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD, 7pm Friday night. Can't think of a better thing to do Friday night. Sitting in, a few pints, watch that.
And then, or, well, without a few points, I don't think I don't think there are any games on TV, rugby games on TV on Saturday, are there? Apart from no, Scotland, from, uh, Scotland are playing New Zealand, no, no, uh, but you, you can't see any other rugby, so so don't go looking for it. Yeah, Worcester play Northampton though. Uh, I think Worcester will win that. I think it'll be one of their first uh, Do wins you? of the season. That's yeah. a big call. I think they'll win it. Uh, and Wasp, Wasp versus Newcastle. Wasps will win that. Wasps will win it. And could that start? A little mini crisis for you know Newcastle, how yeah that's slide they've been on a slide haven't they but they haven't they, yeah. Newcastle hadn't played any of the serious big sides no, properly but every team go or most teams go through a little period in a season even yeah you know Exeter when they've been up near the top of the table they've had periods where well, last you, year you they were terrible the first half yeah so uh, uh, yeah I, I go watching that and then on Sunday uh, we're going down to Exeter after you've had a day at Twickenham a and quiet uh, one. a few quiet um, Orange juices yeah. after the game yeah. uh, to watch them play Quins. BT Sport 1 and again 4K UHD at 2.30pm. What do you reckon? How important this game in the context that they're all both teams without a lot of their players, potentially Williams, um, obviously Slade, Quins without Robshaw, Care, Brown, Marler. Does that have an effect or have they got enough missing? It affects Quins a lot more than it affects yeah. Exeter. Watching all... Exeter last week, they were so... Well, well we, we, we do have to point out the Anglo-Welsh last week. How bad were the Welsh teams? Didn't it make a complete mockery of the tournament? I mean, I think it was something like 190 points versus 17 or something in the four games. Who too? Um, <laughs> they were brilliant. Uh, I, I just... I, I watched those games last week and I watched Exeter and I saw you know some of the guys they had on display... Ewers was back, looking pretty good off yeah. the bench. Uh, Kvesic had a good game. And they, they've they just got such more strength and depth than yeah. either Premiership sides than the, the Welsh sides have. Yeah. And you had guys who were playing, you know, they were probably playing for their schools the previous day. Is that financial, though? I think it is a yeah. bit, yeah. But doesn't it make a bit of a mess of the Anglo-Welsh tournament? Well, you know where it does make a bit of a mess of it is the fact that those premiership sides are struggling to play the A-League. A-League so you, yeah, exactly. you're sort of thinking, do you it. not combine the two? Yeah. Play some A-League games on on a on the international weekends? Or I just think in a time when players want to play less, you've got to be playing in your best tournaments. And you've got quality players at Exeter playing against a, a lacklustre Scarlets in the pouring rain and still scoring 40 points against them. It was a training run in the second half. But anyway... I Probably a, a discussion for another time, but yeah. Exeter Chiefs versus Quinns. Well, the problem problem Quinns have got is their four internationals are the spine of their team, aren't they? They go yeah. from Brown at the back to Marler at the front. You've obviously got um, Rob Shaw, who has always been a huge leader for them, and Danny Kerr. So I, I think it is a lot harder for I've harder Quinns, for especially being away. Yeah. I've gone for Exeter by 16. 16, that's big. Yeah, I just think, uh, I think they'll be too strong down there. Um, and then the other games on Sunday, Leicester Sale. I've gone for a Leicester win. Uh, Sale yeah. uh, historically don't do too bad at Welford Road. They they they're all right side down there, and they haven't got many people missing. Um, oh, Marlon Yard's first game. Yeah, potentially. Uh, yeah, so he'll want to play well. And Irish versus Bath. Bath will be too strong for Irish, I think. Don't you? You agree? Yeah, yeah, they're fairly uh, well. 
it, they would be upset, wouldn't they? Well, why don't you go for Irish and go for Sale on the predictor, and then at least I might have some chance I'm of catching, catching up. you up a little bit. Okay, I shall. Very I, kind I shall you. do that up until the last minute. Okay, and then you'll change it. Yeah. Well, All right. That, that's rugby. <laughs> it certainly is. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We're back on the road next week, uh, where Martin Bayfield and myself will be at Worcester Rugby Football Club for Rugby Tonight on tour. Whilst Nick Mullins will be joining Ben on the podcast. That'll be fun. They're going to digest and look back and forward at a weekend of international rugby as well as all the premiership action. And remember to subscribe to the pod so it's delivered straight to your device every Thursday morning. And if you've enjoyed listening today, you probably have. Let's be honest, it was pretty damn good. I was. Uh, Well, please give us a five-star rating, will you? And a nice review on iTunes. Bye for now. Bye, Ben. Au revoir, Austin. Merci, monsieur. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.